afternoon. It's a little hard to follow a general. And um, I think these people have been spoken to for a long time. So I thought now that you know what I do, and I hope you do know what I do before you heard what I do, and it's late in the day, that I would read to you what I consider some tips for success. And the rest of the time, I would leave for you to ask me questions of things that I may be able to tell you about that you may want to know as you embark on your career. So let me just read these tips for success and get you started. And if you want my eight-minute speech, which is time to the second, leave me a name, and I will get it printed and mail it to you. <laughs> you won't believe some of these, but listen, they're all true. Make time for yourself and make time for your family. Surround yourself always with the best people possible. Be open to new ideas and better ways to do things. Keep all lines of communication open with the people that you know and in time with the people that you work with. Like what you do. No, no, no. Love what you do. Just love it. Don't dwell on your mistakes or setbacks, but instead learn from them. Don't be sensitive. Grow from them and then move on. Never let your mistakes defeat or discourage you. Never take criticism personally. Now, I want you to know something. I've been in business four decades. I haven't learned that yet. So I'm going to look forward to doing that next. Don't try to do it all. You can't study for everything. You really can't know that what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I was surprised at how many hands I saw in the air. And rethink that, because I hope some of you will move on to even greater things that you, than you think you can accomplish right now. Don't grow too fast without the proper systems. Do your homework and be prepared. Don't be afraid of computer technology, and I can take that whole number nine out because it's certainly not true anymore. And listen, don't spend more money than you have. Set realistic budgets, stick to them, and keep your debts manageable. And whatever you want to do, put your money where your mouth is. Put it back into your dreams. So now, if you have any questions for me, I'll be happy to answer it. Otherwise, you're going to have to hear my boring speech. And this room is filled with such enthusiasm and such energy. I can tell you what it felt like to go public. I can tell you what the general said, how hard it was for that Lance Corporal to buy a hamburger. I just want you to know, it was a very tough being a woman and going into business in 1951. So the floor is yours. Tell me who you are. You know who I am. And I'll answer any questions you'd like to know. Can't believe there are not going to be any questions. I'll really go home in humiliation. You're always up. I was going to say, listen, we've got to hear from some new people. From uh, Bloisville, New York. Now, I heard you were the first woman to take a uh, company public. And I was planning after you know, graduating co uh, college, starting a nice company, and eventually taking it public. Oh, and since there's been such a big motif of uh, change here, I was wondering whether you had any obstacles for being a woman becoming public and just any other obstacles that there are to taking your company public? Um, I read an article in the paper in about 1985 uh, in the New York Times, and um, somebody uh, interviewed me why I went into business, and I went into business to make money. I mean, you're going to do things because that'll satisfy some need of yours. I did it because I had to make money, and I really have, beyond any expectations, risen to where I am today. I thought in 1987 I would lend credibility to my company and to what I had achieved and really be able to count the things that I had done. 
for some reason, going public in America seems to be the way to do it. They suddenly set a price tag on you. So I went on the American Stock Exchange only because my cousin Marilyn Levitt was married to Arthur Levitt, who was at that time the president and the CEO of the American Stock Exchange. The process is very difficult. They, you do due diligence, and they do due diligence on you, and they check your records and make sure there's not a gas tank underneath your building that's going to explode sometime. So it's a very careful, very, very nice process. But all of that was worthwhile. And one of the things that I've always prided myself on, and if any of you have that quality, you really ought to develop it. I have an enormously wonderful sense of timing. I'm very good at real estate. When I see a building, if I have to buy it, I know what to buy. But my sense of timing must be an inbred quality. Because I took the company public on August 14, 1987. They told me the end of August, all the, the stock brokers and all the analysts go out on vacation, can't do anything. Early September, I was going on a buying trip to Milan and to Frankfurt. And if, as you all know, in October 1987, the crash occurred and I probably would have never gone public. It's a thrilling moment to go public, to stand on that floor, see your name up in lights, and know that you have suddenly become a part of the American dream. I also want you to know that I think I am the American dream. I was born in Germany, I came to America, and just a couple of weeks ago I went to the White House and had a sleepover. And they put me into the Lincoln bedroom. And as you all know, the Lincoln bedroom, the friendly ghosts of Mr. Lincoln go around. And so I discussed with him the fact that here I was, an immigrant, who had escaped Germany, who had escaped from Europe. My brother died in World War II, so the escape wasn't forever. And here I was in the White House, in America's first family's home. And it really is the American dream, and I feel choked up when I tell you that. And so maybe all of you will attain your dreams, but you'll only attain it if you have passion, and if you have dedication, if you have hard work. And I know some of you have been sleeping, so wake up and ask questions. <laughs> oh, there's some. Yes. My name is Connie Ng I'm from California, and I'd like to know if you do or did consider yourself a feminist, and especially when you're going public with your... Well, I don't know if I'm a feminist because I'm a mother and I run a family and I run homes and things of that sort. And to me, a feminist is if I'm paid exactly the same amount of money than they would pay a man for the same job. And once I've settled that, in my mind, I don't know what the other issues are in the workplace. So that's really my answer. It's probably the most imperfect answer you'll ever have. <laughs> Thank you. One more question, please. My family receives your catalog, and it seems to have a very... Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, se it seems to have a very personal quality to it. What would you say to uh, a rising entrepreneur to um, ensure that their business had that same personal quality? I'm, I'm, you better tell me again what you want me to tell you, because I, I didn't quite get the question. What advice would you give yeah. to a rising entrepreneur to ensure that their business has the same personal quality that your, per, that your catalog and business seems to have? You're going to be so bored with this answer. It's really passion. I mean, passion for what you do. You have to have an idea of whatever you do, whether it's mail order, whether you want to open a local antique store, whether you want to become the world's greatest doctor. You have to have a real point of view that's yours and yours alone in all the world. And if you do that, you, you lend a very special quality that's you.
to whatever you do, and that's really what you need to do, but you have to decide exactly what that is. Thank you. Is that an answer? Yes. Okay. Definitely. That's it.